This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We are a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. Thank you for having me, I guess. I don't know why I'm saying that. Good morning. A very warm welcome <laughs> to you. Um, if you are new today or if you've been coming for a short period of time, I'll let you know that my name is Ali. Um, so along with my wife Fiona, who's on the kids today, part of the leadership team here at Sterling Vineyard. Um, and you may have realized in recent weeks, if you've been coming for a few weeks or, or even if you've been coming for the last six months, you might notice that Hannah is very due to give birth soon, uh, our senior pastor, and um, and as of this past Monday, uh, she started her maternity leave, which is really exciting for her. Uh, we're just uh, super excited to, that she's getting some time off uh, to be with her family and get ready for the birth of baby number two. Um, so yeah, so you're stuck with me and Fee for the next six months uh, again. Uh, some of you might only know us as interim senior pastors from when you joined back in the day, but uh, yeah, we're back for round two. We had such a good time the first time around that we couldn't say no. And uh, yeah, so that's going to be us um, until probably about June or sometime, um, and then Anna will come back hopefully. Um, but yeah, I just want to take a <laughs> I just want to take a nervous laughter. I uh, just want to take a, uh, just a moment just to honor Hannah and Stan and um, yeah, just pray for, pray for them and Levi and baby Brooke number two as they get ready. So yeah, Lord, we just uh, dedicate that family to you, Lord. We thank you for everything that, uh, that Hannah has done for Sterling Vineyard uh, from, uh, from starting the, the church as a small plant to, to now here a room full of people. Lord, we thank you for your continued blessing upon this church and for, and for Hannah's role in leading us. I pray that you would give them this time as a family just to, uh, yeah, just to enjoy each other's company, to get used to being a four, and, uh, and yeah, Lord, that you would just be, um, be with them uh, as, uh, and as, uh, as the baby arrives. Amen. Yeah, so uh, things might look a little bit different um, this time around from when myself and Fiona first stepped in. Uh, this time we're both working full-time, um, you know, but um, we have a fantastic team of people around us uh, supporting us and, and loving us. And, and it's, it's fantastic that, that, you know, we are a church where everyone gets stuck in and we really do all appreciate all of the help um, that so many of you have offered us over the, over the next year. And if you are looking for something to do, if you're, if you're kind of on the, on the outskirts, not quite sure where you are, uh, where you stand, you know, we would, there is always a role uh, for you here. So please do come speak to me at the end. There's, there's always things that, can, that you can help out with. This week, uh, we're back to looking at the book of Acts after a few weeks off. Um, and throughout the series, um, we're taking a closer look at the early church as they do the stuff of the kingdom of God. In particular, we're paying attention to the power of the early church, their perseverance in the face of trial and persecution, and their witness to the world and the people around them. And we're looking at what we can learn from them as we look to do the stuff of the kingdom of God and see lives and nations changed in our day. So last time we were in Acts, uh, we heard from Stephen and the story of Pentecost and how the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples And that marked the beginning of the church's global mission. Peter preached to 3,000 new followers 
and, and of how Jesus was not dead, but he had risen and now ascended into heaven, and that God was pouring out the Holy Spirit upon his people. Peter, started, uh, uh, Peter stated that Jesus was the Son of God and encouraged uh, the people to repent and be baptized. So we pick up the story now in Acts chapter 3. So if you've got your Bibles with you, you've got your phones, uh, turn to Acts chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, we have a whole box full of Bibles that we're just desperate to give away. Um, and uh, just at the welcome desk, if you don't own a Bible, please don't leave here without taking one of, the, one of those away. Those are our gift to you. Um, so please do. If you don't own a Bible, you don't have one with you, please take one of those away. So Acts chapter 3, verses, we're going to split the passage into two this morning. And there's two kind of sections to this. So first we're going to read from verses 1 to 11, and then we'll pick it up later on. So Acts 3, verse 1. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate. So he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. As he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar that they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. So I love uh, this part of the story. You know, what a beautiful gift of healing that this person has received. You know, and one that he maybe hadn't realized that he'd needed. I mean, it sounds, sounds odd to say, but we get the impression that this man, who had been lame since birth, had accepted his disability. He was relying on others to physically move him from, from place to place and, and place him at the temple door in the small hope that he could receive some charity from those passing by to make ends meet. He assumed his condition was irreversible. However, God had other plans. When I first read this, I felt like there was a real challenge here about the need versus the want, about receiving a gift that you didn't realize that you needed. The lame man asked for money, but Peter gave him something so much better than that, the use of his legs. How often do we ask God to solve a small problem, but actually he's got something better for us? We, aim, we may ask God for what we want, but don't be surprised when he gives you what you really need. I want to think about whether there's something uh, that you've just come to terms with dealing with, whether that's an illness or an injury or a situation at work or at home. You know, is there something that you've given up asking God for? And instead, you focus on the little things like the man at the temple gate, the charity, the small change to tide us over. You know, that is my belief that that isn't God's plan for you. He doesn't want you to live on the scraps, but he wants you to live a life fulfilled in the promise of Jesus Christ. So if you feel that resonates with you this morning, then uh, there'll be an opportunity to, res to respond at the end.
So Hannah set us the challenge as, as, as preachers of this, uh, in this series uh, to identify the power, the perseverance, or the witness from each passage uh, that we are studying through the book of Acts. And very helpfully for me, the story contains all three. So I hope, uh, I hope you're getting ready for a classic three-point sermon. Also meant that I didn't have to prepare any slides because they're already up on our little artwork there. So, point number one, the power. In verse six, Peter says to the man that he didn't have any money, but he will give him what he does have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. The apostles were doing the work of Christ in his name, not through their own power, but the power of Jesus' name. It was, the, it was by the authority of Jesus. Jesus, not the apostles, received the glory for the healing of the lame man. By using Jesus' name, Peter showed who gave him the authority and the power to heal. The apostles didn't emphasize what they could do, but what God could do through them. However, it's not just a magic word that we can go around. You know, we can sing it. You can say it as many times as you like. You can shout it loud. You can sing it in worship. But it must be used in faith. When we pray in Jesus' name, we must remember that it's Jesus himself, not the sound of his name, who gives our prayers their power. As John Wimber says, said, uh, you can't learn how to heal the sick by reading a book or mastering a technique. You believe what Jesus promised, and then you get out and do it. I'll say that again. You can't learn how to heal the sick by reading a book or mastering a technique. You believe what Jesus promised, and then you get out and do it. So point number two, witness. Healing, the man, healing this man was probably not on Peter and John's to-do list for that day. You know, but they took the time to notice, to stop and speak directly to this man. Were they spirit-empowered witnesses? Well, yes, but was that their goal? Or was it, was it their goal to see this man, to recognize his humanity, and preserve his dignity. Could these be the marks of what it means to be spirit-empowered witnesses? To see people for who God sees them as and to act on the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Later, Peter recalled it as an act of kindness on the part of the apostles. What Peter and John did was natural. It was, it was instinct. What God did through their bold faith was supernatural. It is God who turned this event into a wonderful opportunity to preach uh, to many people. Let's take a look at, at verse number nine again. It says, all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. See, it comes back to worship. And this is something that the Vineyard Church has from the very outset uh, of its ministry made the highest priority, believing that it's God de God's desire that we first, that we become first worshipers of God. Wherever we are and whatever we are doing, there's a reason for us to praise God. And it's worth noting that upon being healed, the man didn't thank or praise Peter and John, but he praised God himself because he knew where the power had come from. In Acts 3, the people around had seen the lame man uh, begging many times. So how amazing was it when they also saw this incredible miracle taking place? I think Peter's reaction nails it, though. It says in verse 12, Peter saw this opportunity and addressed the, and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? 
And, you, and why stare at us as though we made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our, all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate. Despite Pilate's decision to release him, you rejected his holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. In the Vineyard family of churches, we believe that Christians are commissioned and empowered by the Spirit of God to do the works of the kingdom. Whether that's uh, gifts of healing or prophecy or prayer languages or miracles or, or whatever, these gifts enable us to minister the power of God to the world around us. So I encourage you to invite the Holy Spirit to come and, and do what we are powerless to do on our own strength. In, in addition, Jesus' commission, Jesus commissioning was not limited to his closest friends or to his disciples. In the New Testament, we see very quickly thousands more commissioned with the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised this would happen in Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 8. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. On the day of Pentecost, thousands were baptized into the ministry of Jesus. Churches began springing up among Jews, Gentiles, men, women, children, poor, rich, educated, uneducated. People came to faith in Christ and discovered through the Holy Spirit the empowerment to do the same kingdom works as Jesus. And what a witness that is. So finally, I just want to read the second, the, the last part of Acts 3 as we come to the final point that is perseverance. Acts 3, 17 to 26, it says, Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God, this is, this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up from you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. And you are, the, you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through the offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless, to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. So point number three is perseverance. The latter part of this chapter points to the long-awaited Messiah. Those who witnessed the miracles were astonished, and many of them gathered around Peter and John. Peter told the people the power they had witnessed was not his, but that of Jesus, the Christ, who they had rejected and killed on the cross. The people Jesus 
The people killed Jesus because of their ignorance. But in doing so, they actually fulfilled the words of the prophets that the Christ would, Christ would suffer. And Peter told them to, to repent of their sins uh, so they could be blotted out. He told them Moses had prophesied about the Messiah in Deuteronomy 18, where Jesus had fulfilled the promise God made to Abraham that in his offspring, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Jesus was the blessing all the Jews didn't know that they needed. Peter helped them understand by connecting Jesus' life to the ancient promises of God. Peter told the crowd that they, could, they had a choice. God offers them the opportunity to believe and receive Jesus as their Messiah and as their Lord. Displays of God's mercy and grace, such as the healing of the lame man that we read about this morning, often create teachable moments. So we're going to take a really quick recap of Acts chapter 3. So it's our service for God. Our service for God is for God's glory and not ours. Peter shows that he understood this when he deflected the attention he received to, onto Jesus. When we receive the attention for doing something good in our Christian walk, we need to use it as an opportunity to point people to Jesus. We shouldn't use good works to steal glory from God. And we are God's servants, brought by the, bought by the blood of Jesus, and we don't have anything to boast about other than the greatness of our God who saved us. So I'd like to, at this point, just invite you to stand. So like I said earlier, you know, there's, a, there's an opportunity here to receive, uh, receive from the Lord, receive his power, whether that's in a, a situation, um, whether that's an illness that we may have or a prayer that has been unanswered for many years. I really feel this morning that, that there is that opportunity to take a step Take a step of faith and, and to ask God into that situation. You know, maybe, maybe the opportunity is that, um, that we want to be that witness. We want to stand up uh, like Peter did when the opportunity presents itself and share just how good our God is. So I feel there's two things there. To receive the power in Jesus' name. And to receive the boldness to be that witness. So why don't we just why don't we just pray? We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. We're not going to do anything weird or crazy. No one's going to push you over or steal your purse or anything. You know, this is just a time when when we can relax in His presence, be comfortable in the stillness, embrace the awkward silences, and just listen to what God has for us this morning. Heavenly Father, we welcome your Holy Spirit. Would you come like a wind through this hall? Our hearts are open to you this morning, Lord. Would you come and move in power?
release your power in this room this morning. Thanks for listening to the Stirling Vineyard Sunday podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Sterling Vineyard Church.